Hey, this is Brian, and I just want to hit pause for just a second and give a big shout out and thank you to all of you who have supported our Metaverse podcast experience. Season four of the podcast will begin in March of 2024. While we gear up for the new season, I want to invite you to join our Discord community at discord.killerbstudios.com or click the link in the show notes. It's a perfect place to keep the conversations flowing and stay connected between seasons. I hope to catch you there. And with that, let's get back to the episode. Today, we have a special, another special guest. Is that what we say every time when we open up this podcast? Yeah, well, everyone we have is special, so it's not like we're lying. Yeah, so if you heard that little poing, that's us throwing confetti in the metaverse because we celebrate everybody that comes and is a guest here at Killer Bee Studios or is in the live audience, and we're always excited to see new people come. Who, who joined us this week, Meta Olivia? Now, hold on. I need to practice saying your name correctly. All right. I got teased by everybody, including yourself and my wife. I don't say your name right. So, Meta Olivia, would you please share who was our special guest this week? How's that? Woo! Great job. <laughs> um, we have CCM, which stands for Contemporary Christian Music Artist, Lydia Laird. So, Lydia shared her personal story of struggling with mental health. Uh, and I'll tell you, I have to say, I was pretty, pretty impressed with, with her moves out here because when we introduced, when we introduced Lydia, she jumped right over top of the couch, right into the show. <laughs> yeah. She was pretty impressive. Yeah. I must say. Yes. And, and how about her outfit? Uh-huh. Yep. Sure. <laughs> All right. People might be listening. And that was like, not what? her fault. That was not her fault. That was Brian's fault. So usually what happens is I create the avatars for all the guests that are joining us. Uh, and this was the first girl avatar I had to create. And I didn't know what to put her in. So I chose this flowery dress. She made it very clear that that was not her <laughs> style. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no offense to 80 year old women, but you made her look like an 80 year old. <laughs> so moving forward, that will be Meta Olivia's job moving forward. Hey, you see that? I said your name right again. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Well, our next guest that we join us will be Jason Gray and Jason Gray. I've already got him all decked out on his avatar, leather jacket, some skinny jeans, even though you don't have legs in here. But uh, I think you'll be impressed. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. With that, let's go ahead and jump in. Like we talk about meta age because people get the headset and they're like, okay, I just got to get in there and try to figure it out. So she's only in the meta age of like 10, 15 minutes probably. Total. So don't hang my it. hands because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no one well, does, even if you've been in here for a while. And she's a huge so fan funny. of flowers. I see Dawn up there. Yeah, and she's a huge fan of flowers. She loves flowers. That's why she got okay. this flower. No. Nope. <laughs> First of all, flowers are great, but this is not how I would have dressed myself. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I like. I, I'm like. I'm gonna leave that up to Meta Olivia and moving forward. Like yeah. you, you get the girls' avatars ready. So I'll handle the guys. Uh, but <laughs> Lydia, we're we're so happy to have you join us. We really are. Um, <clears throat> real quickly, as we get ready to get started. Can you take about 30 seconds and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, and who you are? 
Sure. So hi, my name's Lydia. I uh, Obviously, he said we're in Nashville, Tennessee right now. I am a Christian um, songwriter and artist here. I also do music for other genres and, and sync as well. But a big part of my story and my testimony is um, talking about mental health and kind of giving a safe space for others who may have maybe even grown up in the church like I have, but didn't always feel like they could talk about that or be honest about that struggle. So that's a really big passion of mine, and I'm excited to talk about that a little bit tonight. Yeah, well, we're we're excited to have you come share because I think that is something that we kind of we kind of hide that stuff and bury it. How did you know when you when you got to the point that you realized that you needed to reach out to somebody? Um, I I'll try to think. I don't know the exact time. I mean, growing up, I I'm one of ten kids. I I grew up in an incredible <gasps> Christian home. I know. Ten kids. <laughs> you may not have known that. You got another whole story here, right here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> Where wow. are you? I'm literally in the line. I'm number seven. So there's Whoa. three boys, seven girls. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Crazy. Does anybody here have wow. more than, more than, does you guys' family have more than 10 kids? I, wanna, I would like to know that. There's no way. No. Okay. Absolutely no way. How many people here have, oh, scissors? How many does scissors have? Let's see. Uh, hold on. I'm going to go in here because I don't think we can hear. So I'm going to go in here and see what she says. How, how many? Mike was off. My grandmother had 18 kids. Whoa. Her grandmother had 18 kids. 18. What? Whoa, that's insane. She was this, she's this that's little crazy. old lady. <laughs> you would never guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. 18 kids. That That's, yeah. All right. I'm all, what you? Okay, fine. You beat me. You beat me. Whatever. <laughs> hey, we have to give confetti for her, for her grandma. That's for sure. 18, 18 children. Kids. All right. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. <laughs> So I grew up in an incredible Christian home. My dad was a pastor. We were missionaries in Romania for a couple of years. Like since I could walk and talk, I was hearing about Jesus. And so when I struggled with um, panic attacks in middle school, and then as I continued growing up, anxiety, depression, I always thought that maybe it was just something wrong with me and my faith. Um, mm. And then it wasn't until my early 20s that I started going to counseling and I realized, no, it's not about me not praying enough or being in the word enough. Sometimes because we live in a broken world and we can get sick, our brains sometimes can use extra help too. And it's not a very black and white uh, thing where you can just do a one size fits all, you know. There's a lot that goes into mental health and mental illness and situational things, physical things, medical, spiritual, um, but realizing that it's okay to talk about it and be honest about it and even use the tools that God's given us is a very freeing thing because growing up, I I didn't always let myself feel free. I, I almost felt shame. And the more you realize, well, wait, God's not a God of shame, the more you are set free to go, oh, I can just figure this out. I can use tools and, and there's no condemnation that I battle these things. How did you first start realizing that maybe there was something else going on? I was, I was 22 at the time and I was, had just moved to Nashville and was pursuing music. I was away from my family for the first time and I, I deal with pretty seasonal depression. So when it starts to get cold or dark or whatever, I oftentimes will find myself getting very depressed, um, low energy, that kind of thing. Mm. And I remember going, trying my best to deal with it only spiritually. I, I was praying. I was in the word. I, I felt like such a failure as a Christian because I thought, why am I still battling depression if, if I'm a Christian? Am I just a bad Christian? Mm. Um, and then I remember going to a doctor. I was going to counseling, but I went to a, a doctor friend of mine and I just cried to her and I said, you know, her name was Jerry. And I said, Jerry, I, I don't understand. Like, 
why as a believer do I battle this? And she said, honey, sometimes our brain just needs a little extra help and that's okay. We live in a broken world and it affects mm. a lot of different aspects. And I think sometimes we almost, you know, we can be very performance based as Christians. And even though we subconsciously, like we believe we're saved by grace through faith, right? It's not of ourselves. We still are kind of trying to earn it and trying to make sure we are good Christian. And, and I think we have a lot of fear attached to sometimes using tools that God actually is not saying we can't use. Um, so for me, it was counseling. It was, uh, talking to my oldest brother. He took me on a fishing trip once and was like, Hey, just so you know, I've never told you, but I've battled depression for years and I've been taking medication. And like wow. hearing that he took medication, it was like, Oh my gosh, you mean it's not a sin to get help from a doctor? So I think it was, it was a journey for me. It was a journey for me. And I think through a lot of that, the Lord just taught me that a lot of my lack of freedom to, to, to try different things and to be open about this kind of was directly correlated to my misunderstanding of the gospel, that the gospel sets free. It doesn't condemn. It doesn't shame you and that God loves you and he's with you in it. And he doesn't want you to walk through these battles alone. Mm, That's good. That's really good. Lydia, so I know that you started talking about going to counseling, but what led you up to actually realizing like, hey, I really need to get into counseling? Like what got you to that point? I'm honestly not a hundred percent sure. I think, I think it was, it was after I moved to Nashville. So I was away from my family and I, I think I was just having experiencing so many things for the first time and trying to really ground myself. And, you know, in my family, we didn't, we didn't really talk much about depression or yeah. mental health things. And quite a few people in my family have battled, um, even there have even been a few people who, who had suicide attempts. And, but it's always, you know, it's not that, my parents are incredible people, but it's one of those things that's uncomfortable to always talk about, you know? And, right. and I think when I moved to Nashville and I'm, you know, figuring all these things out by myself, I remember hitting a point where, um, at the time I was a part-time nanny and I would play with the kids all day and I would leave the house with such an empty, depressed feeling. I just felt hopeless. And I thought something's not right. Like something is just yeah. not right. I have to get help. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm not, I think it may have been my oldest brother. I, he, again, I went back to Texas so depressed and feeling so ashamed that something was wrong with me, that I was depressed as a Christian. And he took me fishing and he said, you know, Lid, he said, I feel like you're just living in this very performance-based view of God's love for you. Like you think that you have to not be depressed. Mm-hmm. You have to be happy. You have to, you know, all these things. Right. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a statement and you tell me if it's true or not. And he said, I am worthless without Jesus. And I said, well, yeah, of course, you know, that's true. He said, well, what about this? I am worthy because of Jesus. And I said, well, yeah, that's true too. And he said, okay, well, where are you putting your emphasis really matters. If we're constantly living in the fact that I'm never enough versus, oh, because of Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. I am free. And not only that, but Jesus gives me freedom to seek out tools and help. He knows this world's hard. Like right. that kind of gave me freedom. And then, and then hearing my own brother who I admire so much, who's a worship pastor in Texas say, I'm in counseling. It made me go, Oh, you are. So I can go mm. like, yeah. I'm not a messed up Christian. If I go get help and I'm still in counseling today, guys, I think, yeah. I think we all need it if we can get it, you know? Um, and, and we can also find it in community, just community sometimes, but it's just so important to never walk through anything alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The uh, <clears throat> what would you say to someone that's, that's that's actually struggling and feeling embarrassed that might be going through the same stuff? Like, what would you what would you say to somebody? Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our links in the show notes where you can join our private Discord community and find more fantastic resources and affiliate links. It's all just a click away. Uh, I would say something that my dad told me a long time ago. Once when I just was dealing with a lot of shame, I went and just told my dad all this stuff I was struggling with. And he said, honey, if you could see the skeletons in everybody's closet, you'd be amazed. The fact Mm. is we all look at each other and we only see surface level oftentimes, but everybody's fighting a battle. We all know that quote, like everyone's fighting a battle that you don't know. So be kind to them. You know? Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. that there's so much, you know, scripture talks about when you bring what's in the dark into the light, there's so much freedom. And now that's not to say we're we're all in different places in our journey. So not everybody's a safe person to go to with your struggle. Sadly, there was a time when I wasn't. I remember mentoring a young girl years and years ago before I went to counseling myself. And she told me she was on antidepressants and I wasn't free. And so I felt like, oh, that's a sin, <laughs> which I laugh thinking that now because I'm on antidepressants. <laughs> but I remember telling her, oh, well, you just need to be in the word more. You need to be praying more, all these things. I wasn't a safe person for her because I wasn't in a place on my own journey where I had freedom there. I was living a very legalistic version of the gospel where I was afraid mm-hmm. to to fail God. And there's we don't have to live like that. There's there's no condemnation for us. So so I think if you're in that place where you're like, oh, I don't know who to go to. Well, you go to somebody, you go to a counselor or you go to a pastor or you go to somebody where you feel like this is a safe place and you just be honest. Because the fact is we all struggle. And if we saw the worst of each other, we'd probably be like, oh my gosh, you too? You know, C.S. Lewis, um, yeah. he's my favorite author. And he says, like, friendship is born when you look at someone else and you go, you too? I thought I was the only one. Mm. And I think the mm-hmm. fact is with mental health, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, bipolar, all these things, a lot of us battle with these things. And we just, we we think we're the only one. So Satan keeps us in private, but there's freedom when we come out into the light. So it's time Amen. to do that. That's that's really powerful because it you know it talks about in the scriptures like when we are weak he is strong it's and it's mm. being vulnerable to share that and when when you're open to come and talk about this I was really excited about it because I, I do I think you know in here in Horizons we've met a lot of people that have come up and been very open about the struggles they're going with and I feel like people feel like coming into the virtual world is a safe place because you know they're behind an avatar uh, they're a little bit you know more open and be vulnerable. But people are really building good, good relationships in here and people really care for each other. And, and, and I'm so grateful for that. And how many people here is on social media? So and I would say that's probably one of the worst places for seeing only the highlights of people's lives. Right. That's what we kind of we can very easily look at other people and say, man, if I could just be like more like Lydia or if I could be more like Mike, more like Olivia, I would have it so much more together. But we we live that off of highlights. And one of the things that we've been talking about, and maybe you can give us some insight on this at Killer B, is we're trying to process how do we leave digital better than we found it? Because digital itself has become a huge, um, what's the right word, Meta Olivia? It's like it's kind of fed the mental uh, health issues that we've that people have with depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. comparison. Like, what are some things that you would say we should do? We should be thinking about each one of us here when we approach these social media platforms. How can we approach it to leave it better than we found it? Well, I think, first of all, you know, you have to deal with everything in your own sphere first. So it's like, 
for myself, I have to be responsible for my own intake and for my own, what I'm processing, comparing all these things before I can pour out to others. Right. So it's like anything, God gave us food and it's wonderful, but in in bad context, when you're overeating because you're depressed, it's not good for you anymore. Right. So I think social media and digital is very similar. It's like, these are great tools, especially, you know, I love Jesus. I love sharing about the love of Jesus. For me, it's great. I want to tell everybody about him, right? So this is a great opportunity for that. Um, however, it's really, it's really important that we are responsible for our own mental health sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like, this isn't healthy for me. I mute an account or I don't follow this or I take a break. Recently, I took a couple weeks off because my, uh, you know, the season started changing. I was dealing with some depression. I thought, you know what? I'm going to check out for a second. As an artist, it's hard to check off of social media, but I needed to for a couple weeks. So I did. Um, so I think being, being responsible for your own well being, that, that's going to have a ripple effect in the way that you kind of transact with other people. But also being honest, you know, obviously we don't put all of our dirty laundry out for the whole world because it's not super safe. But like saying, if I just take a selfie and I'm smiling and happy all the time and everything looks great, but then as soon as I put my phone down, I'm crying at home dealing with something like, that's not super fair because it's giving a false image. So I think the big thing is how can you be honest on a screen and in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that in a loving way, that's encouraging to others. Um, I think it's important and, and being really aware of everybody, you know, we don't always realize, but people are always watching. People are always watching. And so what you say matters, it's impacting others, encourage people, speak life. Don't hold up a fake thing. That's not, attainable because it's all these people are using apps to change their bodies, their faces, their whatever, like Mm -hmm. sure filters, they're fun. That's great. But like, let's at least try to be real in some capacity. That way people don't feel like they they can never meet this, this measure, you know? How about for the times when we just, maybe we choose not to say something because we're just doing social just to post about ourselves, but we're not actually responding to other people is sometimes not saying anything just as bad. I think it's super important to engage, but I think you have to be honest. It's like, it's yeah. community still. It's, it's still community. a form of community. And I don't think, I mean, obviously you can't always keep up with every comment every day, but I right. try because I love my people. So people who are engaging with me, I want to engage with them, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, that's something that I've been trying to pay more attention to as well, especially on digital, because it's easy to get in the mindset. It's like, okay, I'm going to post things that's going on in my life, but then you have people that actually take time to respond and write something on your post. But then like you just give them a like or something. I'm like, well, I started asking myself like, well, am I really showing them that I value? They took their time to write a comment on my post. Like, how do I show them value back? I, I, I spend time, right? To them, have communication, right? Communication should be a, right. should be a dialogue, not a monologue. Uh, and that's what Absolutely. friends do. Friends talk to each other. So I know our Q and A is going to be a little bit different. Usually we'd bring a mic down so you guys could ask questions. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you want to raise your hand, me and Lydia are going to come down so we can hear you. And uh, and then we'll kind of repeat your question so everybody can hear. So does anybody have a question that they would like to ask Lydia? So my question is kind of a twofer. Um, I know that um, a big outlet for you is your music because that's very evident in your music. Um, so my first question, first part of the question is, where's your favorite place to write? Where's your comfort zone to write? A lot of times we'll just be in prayer and literally just what I'm feeling comes out. And so when it's me writing on my own, it's kind of it. It's just random. It's at home. It's in the car. It's wherever I'm feeling, you know. The other part of that is what is your do you have any other creative outlets other than music? I journal. I I blog. I I've always thought about writing a book. I I love to write. Writing is a huge 
You should oh my gosh, it. I just love it. <laughs> I don't know. That's I'd be awesome. scared. But it'd be, <laughs> I think it'd be fun. But um, also cooking. I love cooking. Um, anything. I think most creatives are like anything that feels like you're all in. So like mm-hmm. you're using your hands. You're using, you know, I love things yeah. like that. So Lydia, now that you've been down the road a little bit with counseling and all of that, if that same girl had come back to you now, how would you approach her? What would you say differently um, than you did when she first came to you? So actually, if I'm remembering correctly, when I started going to counseling myself, I gave her a call. And I oh, told wow. her, hey, yeah, That's hey, awesome. I was wrong. And I, I'm, wow. you know, we're all on this journey. Yeah, um, for sure. I would say there's Tim Keller is one of my favorite preachers and he's got a sermon yeah. uh, titled A Still Small Voice where he talks about Elisha when he was dealing with, um, you know, he basically was like, God, kill me now kind of thing. And he talks about how mental health can be spiritual, physical and medical. And I think mm-hmm. that listening to that sermon and working through a lot of things myself, Realizing it's not a one size fits all, you know, and realizing that God is a God of grace upon grace. Like, and if you, if you don't know the heart of God, it's just that he loves us so much and he gives us so much freedom and so much mercy. If you're walking around on like eggshells thinking God's going to be mad at you, that's not how he works. And that's mm. how I was. That's what I was operating mm. in at the time. Yeah. That's, that's really great that you actually went and called her back. And also, I feel like when you work through things, your mind is more clear to be able to talk about Jesus more with people versus, you know, when you're in your kind of depressed mode or I mm. have tremendous anxiety um, and all of that. So I feel like counseling is such a blessing that, oh, yeah. you know a lot of people are missing out on. It's tough work. There's no lie about that, like for sure. What are some outlets that, do you know of any outlets that people should be seeking out help? If Where should they go? Any ideas? Thoughts on you said pastors? Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I don't think every church, um, I don't know how to phrase this exactly. I think we're still learning in the church right now how to talk about this subject. Um, a lot of churches are doing it really well, but some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. And there's grace for that. Like I said, we're all in different places on our journey. Um, and God reveals in his timing different things to each of us. But, you know, for there are a lot of churches in Nashville where they have great counseling programs. If you have a church like that that you can reach out to, then do it. Um, if not, there's something called uh, NAMI. It's National Association of Mental Illness, and it's nationwide. And there's always local chapters wherever you live. And there are groups that meet. There are all kinds of tools. Um, it's really, really neat. Uh, there's there's just so many different options and tools for mental health. Um, obviously, you know. There's a new suicide helpline, I think it's 988. There's all these things. So the biggest thing is like, there's no end of tools. Just don't be afraid to ask. Don't, don't be afraid to be like, Hey, like one, one of the sayings, I think it's the mental health coalition. They say fight in the open. Stop fighting the battle in private. Just be willing to, to say, Hey, I, I need some help. You know, I post all the time. Hey guys, can you all, a few weeks ago, I was having a real hard mental health week. Can you all pray for me? This is a, this is a rough depression week. Um, or even panic attacks. Like, you know, I, I perform and it's laughable. I'm like, God, really? Because I have such severe anxiety before I get on a stage. I, I will get sick to my stomach. Like I will almost have a panic attack and I have learned little tools, breathing tools, different things, or just even just saying, all right, Lord, here, you know, here it goes again. If I embarrass myself, I embarrass myself. I don't love doing this, 
but I know that I love what the outcome is. I know that you're using this. Um, and it's amazing. It's kind of like Moses. I feel like God asked Moses to do something. Moses was like, are you sure I have like a stutter problem or whatever? He's like, no, you're, you're the one who's going to do it. Like we're all kind of a mess and God likes mm. to use messy people because if he didn't, nobody would be usable. So oh, I think just great. being honest, just being honest, being open with safe people, um, you know, we're all probably from different places. So I wish I could tell you my counselor's name, but most likely you're not here. So finding a local counselor, it's its not always a one size fits all. Sometimes you have to shop around, find somebody who's the best fit for you. I, I've had to do that myself. Um, and now I'm with somebody who's fantastic and it's been such a blessing to me. Um, but yeah, community, church, eating healthy, talking to doctors, going to counselors, all these things are important. Hey everyone, I want to take a second and invite you to join us live in the metaverse. You can join us live at the Killer Bee Studios. All you need is your very own VR headset. You can order an Oculus headset using the affiliate link in our show notes. Not only does it help support what we're doing here at Killer Bee, but Meta will also hook you up with some cool reward points. So be sure to check out the link in our show notes. And we hope to see you at our virtual studio.